morning is Trinity Sunday, Father's Day. Uh, I thought I would uh, begin with the Father to uh, unpack a little bit this mystery of the Trinity. Um, it's true that Jesus referred to God as Father. He kind of uh, was, he bothered some of the religious leaders of his day who were not used to such an intimate way to address the Almighty. But Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And he also introduced us last week, uh, we talked about the Spirit that dwells, that Jesus said dwells within us, and thus is born this marvelous, marvelous gift to the church of the Trinity. Now, that you'll, you won't find the word Trinity in the Bible, okay? It is, it is a great gift of Jesus' followers from the early, early centuries of the church as they studied the scriptures and they, and they considered the ways that Jesus talked about God and how it was different and how it was a way that was very inclusive beyond what they had been used to when you talk about God the maker, God the creator, he begins to talk about God as your father. And then he talked about this Holy Spirit. And it was a great gift to the church. I, I believe it is one of the primary gifts that God has given the church since the resurrection of Jesus is this idea of the Trinity. Because you see, the Trinity is largely responsible for why you can be here this morning and have a relationship with God that is very different than your relationship with God that the person next to you has. The Trinity was this gift that gave us words about this feeling, this experience we have of God that isn't like the person next to us. And, um, and, and, and we sing about it. I mean, all the, so many of the great hymns of the church at early service, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in three person, Blessed Trinity. Right, we just, which is the greatest thing. Um, the, the architecture, where you're sitting. This is a sanctuary where it's a, it's a building, a room dedicated to your relationship with God. And uh, the, 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 if you go to uh, cathedrals in Europe, uh, there are these giant buildings that cause you to look up to God. And, and nine out of ten cathedrals, when you walk up the steps, there are, our church is built like that. You walk up to them because that's where God is. And there are three doors. Three doors into the church. And the reason is, is because people enter into a relationship with God in different ways. I mean, I tend to be kind of a, a squiggly, you know, green God the creator person. I really resonate with, with God, the God of creation and, and a relationship as one of God's creatures. But, you know, um, there are those who aren't big into the out of doors. You know, I don't like that stuff. But Jesus has meant such, so much to them in their experience of Jesus. So, so, so they'll, they'll resonate more with, with the God of the incarnation and the Christ than they do with the God of the creation. And then there's these uh, Holy Spirit people. You know, watch out for them. Um, so as I'm preaching, I invite you to uh, remember that last week was Pentecost. And while I'm going to be reading a scripture that resonates with me about this God of creation, you may be more of a Holy Spirit person, and you can, uh, you can make something that, uh, that represents the Holy Spirit to you. So as we take this Sunday, Trinity Sunday, Father's Day, 
to unpack a little bit about who is it that this God that we've been called into a relationship with. I want to read you an ancient, ancient song. I, I'd love to sing this song to you, but I don't know the tune. The tune has been lost. But the words are still here. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 8 this uh, hymn, this song, that describes the psalmist's understanding of the relationship between the human and the divine. The human and the divine. Psalm 8 uses these words to describe. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, and out of the mouths of babes and infants you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the works of your hands, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them. Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and with honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen and other beasts of the fields, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O oh Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's majestic. I just love that word. Say majestic. Just majestic. It just feels good to say majestic. And it is a word the psalmist used to describe this quality of God that, that, that invited him into a relationship and an asking of this, this eternal question. It's a primal question for us. Who am I? And who is God? So this morning I want to explore this idea that perhaps you have come to worship, to be in the presence of God, and to be in the presence of one another. And what I pray every time we set aside a time to worship, that's what we're doing. We're kind of asking that question, who am I? What is the meaning of my mortal existence on this planet? And it does, does it have something to do more than the tiny amount of life of my lifespan? Isn't there more going on here? Oh, God, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now, one of the things that I think um, this, brings, this ought to bring us to think about is how do we spend our time and energy? What do we do? This morning, uh, we invoked the name of Almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord of the universe, this majestic one. We invoked that name to commission a group of young people who are going to Philadelphia to do good, to do works of mission, to help people fix what's broken, and to bring some hope into the lives of people who are in desperate situations. And we commissioned these young people to go out and do the work of God in the world. God is the great maker. God is the great redeemer. God can fix what is broken. God can restore what is, what is estranged. And we have sent these young people out and we commissioned them 
the best way we could. We laid hands on them and we commissioned them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, we, that's, we didn't know what else to do. I mean, we could have wept, we could have cried, we could have done a whole, but we used these words, commissioning them to go forth in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit where this congregation isn't going, but they are going and we are going with them in this commissioning. And as people of faith, we've come to know this God who has invited us not to just worship God, but to go and do the work of God in the world. You see, we are people who have come to know a God that invites us to be co-creators. You are not God. You are not the creator. But we have a God, we believe in a God who has invited us to be co-creators, to be human beings engaged in the same work that God does. This work of redemption, this work of recreation, to be co-creators with God. And we have the capacity as human beings. You have this capacity. The mission trip, these young people who we just sent out in the name of the Trinity, we have this capacity, this God-like capacity to do good. Now, that may not mean much to people who don't believe in God. But when you start realizing that our capacity to do good, there are plenty of people who go out and do good, do mission work, do stuff in the world, and they don't need to go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? Because doing good is doing good. But the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and this faith idea that we respond to our relationship with God by going out and doing good is a direct result of our knowledge and confession that we're capable of doing evil. It is the evil in the world that points out this God of ours who compels us to go out and be able to do good because there has been great evil done and we're all capable of it and we confess it. And it is the power of God that redeems us and makes us and mold us into these human creatures who are not God, a little lower than God, but we have this capacity to do good and not evil. We have the capacity, Jesus said, to be light in the world, to go out and be light in the world. Well, you know, that's not a big deal until you realize there is darkness in the world. If you don't know that, I'm sorry if I broke your bubble. But there is. And this God of ours invites us to say, Jesus himself, he said, you are the light of the world. You, human beings, mortal, frail, broken, wounded, flawed, can be co-creators with God who are capable of doing good, of being light that shines in darkness. Being co-creators with God means that we are capable of being givers and not just takers. There are takers in this world. You know, we are, we've all been takers. Um, but there's this God of ours that compels us to explore this quality of the divine, this creator who gave and who created and who made 
So we have the capacity to do good and not evil. We have the capacity to be light and not darkness. We have the the ability to be givers and not takers. For me, we have the capacity to be stewards of creation and not merely consumers of it. And of course, we, we hear about that all the time on the news with, with the, the global warming and things. Our, our behaviors as consumers is contributing to the dissolution of this thing that God created. But as people of faith, all these things that we are capable of doing are the result of the fact that we desire to glorify this God of ours. This God of ours who gave us the gift of love. And in our response to that gift of love, by by doing good, by shining, by being light, by being givers, by being stewards, we glorify this God of creation that made us and gave us the ability to be co-creators with God. That we're not God. You are not God. But the God that we worship is a God that has invited you to be a co-creator. To behave and to work on the things that God works on in this world. One of the ways that that we, we, one of the words we use that Jesus used to talk about that is the Father. Uh, Jesus said, uh, he referred to God as the Father. Um, Now, you may have lots of different feelings and thoughts about what it means to when you use the word Father. But in making a statement about God the Father, uh, Jesus did challenge some of the religious thoughts of the day that, that God was more sovereign than that. And the Father is more a little more intimate than some people are, are comfortable with God being with us. But since the day of Pentecost... Um, the Christian church has been one who has talked about this God of ours who is sovereign and father, but who is also incarnate in the person of Jesus. And then there last week was this, this Holy Spirit God. You know, um, the, Spirit, the Spirit God is one that a lot of people aren't really familiar with or uncomfortable with. I don't know. But what a gift it is for us to be invited into a relationship with this God who doesn't require that you all agree that this God of ours is all the same relationship, is all the same qualities, is all the same characteristics. It's why you got three doors into the church because you can come into a relationship with this God of ours in these three ways that are distinct and yet one. And this is where we need to also listen to the great religions of the world, the Islamic faith. When the first thing out of their mouths is not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they say, Allah is one. One God. One God. And then these these Christians come along and we say, yes, one God, but you don't have to all be robots that come into a relationship with God in the same way. There's three ways into the church. There's three persons of God. There's three revelations of the qualities and characteristics of this God of ours that reminds us that we ourselves are not gods. We can do good. We can be light. We can be givers. But all of this are the things that come to us. And on Trinity Sunday, we say they come to us in the three persons of the Trinity. 
So this morning as you're playing with your pipe cleaners, I love pipe cleaners because they're so, you know, it's kindergarten stuff, right? And yet you can be like God with a pipe cleaner. It is in your hand and it will do what you tell it to do. You can make it in what you want it to be. This morning, um, when we sent out the missionaries, these, a lot of them were like junior high schools. And here's, here's the thing. Of all these three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the common denominator in my book is that each one of these has expressed love with a willingness to be a self-giver, to be a, giving, a giver of yourself. And so when you're playing with your pipe cleaners today, I want you to think about this God who showed us what love is by being a giver. These young people went out and, and they were not compelled to go out. Okay, so, so while this ancient idea of God on the throne, the sovereign, the Lord, the king, we sing a lot about, oh, king of heaven, but we're Americans. We, we're not big into kings. You know why we don't like kings? Because kings tell you what to do and they force you to do things and they require it of you. And the God that we have come to know is not one that requires and forces and manipulates you but one that instead fills you up to where you willingly go. Like these 12 and 13 and 14 year old kids this morning. They had tears in their eyes when the congregation came and laid their hands on them and they said, go and be a giver and let it stem from a relationship with God. It was beautiful. Um, in just a minute, we're going to sing a song, one of my favorite songs. It's uh, called, They'll Know We Are Christians by Our Love. So these Christians, these, these people who are all about love, who've unpacked it, and we've talked about it through the centuries, and we came up with this really cool thing called the Trinity. But it's ultimately about how loving it is to find a way to unite people in God by giving them ways to come into a relationship with God that isn't compelled. It isn't forced upon you. You doesn't say, you will do this. Instead, we have this God who fills us with love and invites us into a life of to be like God, a little lower than God, a little lower than the angels. I like, I like lower than angels better than lower than God. But it fills us with this love from God that overflows from us when we become givers. So I've given you some things that you can make. And as we sing this closing hymn, even though you made it, and I'm sure some of them are brilliant and beautiful and just works of art. Well, while we sing this hymn, I would invite you to come and give your pipe cleaners and place them on the altar this table or its side altars as sort of that expression of our willingness to be co-creators you created these things but you are willing to take that which God gave you the ability to make and give it away